For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! We head to the McClarty Daniel Hotline, talked with Chuck Barrett, voice of the Razorbacks, got him for a couple of segments. Uh, good uh, good morning, Chuck. How you doing today? Well, I'm doing okay, boys. How are you today? Good, good. Fired up about a trip to Como. We always love going to Como. Well, it's on the schedule, and it's unavoidable at this point, so uh, I guess we'll make the best of it. If you, Hey, if you've got to go up there, you might as well win a game. As you know, if you've got to make that trip, you know, at least you want to win. That's, that's right. You're going across the middle and he throws it to you, you better catch it because you're going to get hit anyways. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, it was a good radio show last night. Um, I know not maybe not the easiest show to, to uh, maneuver through, uh, but at least the, the team gave you a really good effort on Saturday. I know you were expecting it. I think a lot of fans showed up expecting a great effort, if not, you know, may, probably not a win, but they got the effort. I thought they'd play hard. I mean, I didn't have any doubt about that. I knew that, you know, if there was an effort there, and I thought there was, that Saturday would be when it would show. I mean, game day was there. You're playing Kentucky. I mean, if you can't get fired up to play that day, then, you know, um, it's probably not going to happen. It's going to be different this week. It's going to be different tomorrow night. You're going to be in a dark, dank, half-empty arena in Columbia, Missouri and you've got a couple of teams down at the bottom of the standings are going to be playing. Uh, I love the SEC Network, but it's not like playing on ESPN. Uh, the only pregame shows are going to be the ones they produce there on campus. Um, you know, you're not going to have game day. So um, where are you emotionally tomorrow night? What's your effort like tomorrow night? Um, you know, and then again Saturday when you go to LSU. That's a good point as far as emotionally. I, I really was impressed, Chuck, with Mitchell and, and how he played. And, uh, I, you, you know, who's the leader inside that locker room now? You know, if, if Debo's not there, if Brazil's not playing, may, maybe Mitchell's a guy that, that steps up and kind of is able to lead this team. That's a really good question, and I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, I don't even begin to know the answer to that question, so I won't try to fake my way through it. I will say Makai played his best game as a Razorback on uh, uh, Saturday. And um, he can be a dog, as they like to say now. He can be that guy. Um, I thought Keith Smart was very insightful last night on the radio show talking about Makai, how, you know, sometimes you got to avoid the blow-up. You know, Makai, sometimes, you know, when he blows up out there, you know, the rest of the game doesn't seem to go so well. And... Um, but I thought Saturday he was he was terrific in all phases. You look at that stat line. I mean, go beyond the twelve and thirteen. I mean, you know, look at the stat line, assists, blocks. I, I mean, this this guy played all facets of the game. Was the best player on the floor certainly for Arkansas. And um, going forward, 
if they're going to win some games, um, he's going to have to be at least some semblance of that. Maybe not double-double every night out, but he's got to be a force inside, and uh, he's got to keep it under control. And I thought his level of aggression, you know, versus going over the line, I thought it was right on target this past Saturday. And if he can keep doing that, I'll bet he has more good games. If he can't, you know, he can revert back to the guy where he plays three or four minutes. So uh, he's kind of the team in a microcosm. It's it's hard to know what to expect. When they're good, they're pretty impressive. I mean, they really are. We've seen them this year when they've been good, pretty good, you know, good basketball. And when they are bad, man, it is bad. I mean, uh, um, it's like turn your head bad. And so um, – I'm not sure what to expect. It's a long way of saying, man, I have no idea how it's going to go, but he sure was good Saturday. Well, I was impressed how, how often Makai got to the foul line. And yeah, just that he, too. he provided a presence in a way that you haven't really felt. I think on both sides of the floor and certainly on the glass when it came to the position he plays. Uh, but, yeah, it's like you're, you're right, too. You don't know if you're going to get that performance against Missouri just because you haven't seen the consistency about that. What has been consistent is – is point guard play on not in a good way yeah. either, and and that was also the case against against Kentucky. And I look at, you know, I was looking at some of the scoring averages for these players on Arkansas this year, Chuck, and every last one of them except for Tremont Mark is below last year's production at their previous place. Now, just you know, part of that has to be that you haven't had good point guard play because that's the distributor. Well, there's no doubt that's been the one spot as the season's worn on that you keep coming back to. Everyone keeps coming back to. Uh, other parts have come and gone. You know, there have been times when it's been good, uh, times when it's not. But point guard play, with the exception of just a handful of games, has been uh, really inconsistent this year. Um, I don't know that there's a good answer there. And I think that's, you know, I mean, my goodness, they've played 20 games now, 21 games. What is it? Ten, um, you know, you, um, you know, I still think they're trying to figure it out, so to speak. And I'm just not sure there's a good answer there. Uh, there's a, there, you know, there's, there are good points and there are bad points, um, whichever way you look. Ellis can do some good things when he's playing well. I mean, he can. I mean, he can. And um, but he can he can turn it over at some inopportune times, and you know Blocker for example, really good freshman. I mean gives you everything he's got. I think's going to be a star, but he makes some freshman mistakes. And um, so you know you 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 try Menifield, um, and I like Menifield's game a lot, uh, but I also know he's six one and one forty five, and. That doesn't always help. Mark's a great player. I don't think he's a true point guard. Sometimes when Tremont has the ball, you know, it's not going anywhere else. Um, and sometimes there's reason for that. But, um, hey, he can turn a call play into an isolation pretty quick. And um, so I, I just think, you know, whichever way you turn, um, there are good points and bad points. Chuck, I know there's game plans going into each game based on team's strengths and weaknesses. The the things I thought this Razorback basketball team did well against Kentucky it was their transition defense, and then they controlled the tempo on offense. They they kind of slowed it down they and made sure we got it into our point guard's hand. Uh, now it comes down to making shots. That, that That's for sure. Uh, but do you see that's probably our best way as far as to win 
uh, going forward is to try to slow it down a little bit? I think that's a very good observation. And um, I think that is what we saw happen Saturday. I think we'll continue to see that happen to an extent. I think they'll be opportunistic. I'm not saying they turn down a break if they've got numbers. But unless they have numbers, I think the idea may be to um, get the ball in the point guard's hands, as you say. You know, when you talk about point guard play, I've never obviously been one except maybe out in the driveway. But um, you got to be in a spot where you can see the floor. I mean, you got to get, you know, you've, you've, uh, you know, if you're going to be a good point guard and a good distributor, um, you know, as you say, get the ball back out to your point guard. Um, I think when you do that, sometimes, not always, but it kind of lends itself maybe to better point guard play. I do think Saturday there were points where that spot was all right. But the turnovers just seem to happen at the most inopportune moments. And... Um, but they are the, you know, that is the spot that you control the rhythm of the game. And from that perspective, I do think they were a little bit better Saturday. And I think that's a good point, and I think you're spot on. Chuck, I think it was interesting, too, um, you know, that they played as well as they did against Kentucky without two players that have started more games than anybody else on the team in Trevor Brazil and, and Devo. Look, and I've had experience with players leaving a team when I was working in minor league baseball, it was involuntary in most cases. Um, I have not seen this uh, since I've been doing Arkansas athletics. This is, this is different. Um, you know, and there's an effect on a team no matter what when a player with that kind of experience uh, walks away from a team or, or when you're a pro is demoted or promoted or released or traded or anything like that. Um, but I do wonder about the effect uh, on this team right now of, of Devo not it's not a matter of not playing like not being there uh, and the most experienced Razorback that we have seen in a long time isn't there for a group of players that you know most of them have only been here for <laughs> less than a year or, or they're in their second season it's just it's kind of an amazing thing to be to be talking about here on January 30th well I thought they played hard and played well on Saturday Candidly, I didn't see any ill effects from Devo not playing or from Brazil not playing. I've seen them both out there, and the results, frankly, be a whole lot worse against lesser teams. So um, I hear you, and I think it's a natural question, but I think sometimes from the outside looking in, we assume somebody's a leader or not a leader or a follower. or you know, we, we, we make assumptions on what type personalities kids really have. And, Matt, you know this. Um, sometimes the way players present themselves to the media is not the way they're looked at in the locker room, and vice versa. Sometimes guys don't talk to the media at all, and they're the most respected voice in there, and they are a leader. Even though if you were to ask the average fan who's the leader of the team, well, that guy's name might not come up. But when he speaks, it matters more than the guy that talks every day. I don't know who the leaders have been in that room. Um, there's been an absence of that, clearly. You know, um, all you've got to do is look at the results. I've never known who the leader was in that locker room. I think people supposed that it was Devontae Davis. I've never really thought it was, to be honest. Um, I think these guys played 
you know, I mean, they, they carried on Saturday. Now can you carry on, you know, moving moving forward? Um, you know, I love Devo, and, and, and I want to be clear on this. I think if he does not come back, and I said this the other day, I think this will be one of the saddest things we've seen happen in our basketball program in a long time. Yeah. I mean, really sad. And uh, with plenty of blame to go around. I um, um, I worry that there can be long-term effects from things like this in terms of uh, the Central Arkansas kids. I do worry about that. I'll be very, very honest with you. I think it's going to be really sad if he doesn't come back. But I also think that, you know, sometimes if a guy goes and all of a sudden the effort's better and the overall play's better, um, you know, you begin, you know, you begin to wonder, well, maybe, you know, what really was going on, mm-hmm. you know, behind closed doors. I don't pretend that I'm privy to any of this information, and I'm not. I observe just like the rest of you. And, um, but that's kind of what I see right now. I've never seen, and, and I hate to say this because, I, man, I'm pulling for these players, um, but I've never seen anyone play and you know walk the walk and talk the talk at the same time enough to be called the true leader of the team and I'm talking about from the time the ball tips off in the regular season until it tips off again the next season not just what we see in March but what we see every day yeah I I think you're right Chuck I think sometimes just because somebody's an upperclassman we just we just kind of we just kind of hey well they're the leader yeah I think you've hit on it pretty hard right there that it's sad more than anything. And that's no, you're, what I yeah, felt about it. Man, you're on his side physically, spiritually, emotionally, psycho- psychologically. You want him to be okay, 100%. Yeah. I mean, there. I think there's a lot of ways to look at this here, and I think you've presented it in, a, in, in the absolute right way, Chuck, because I think of four years ago, and I was like, I can't wait to watch this kid for the remainder of his career at Arkansas. These are not grown-ups. Yep, that's right. They don't think like grown-ups. Don't ever forget that. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hickey and Hole Law Partners are now here for you and all your legal needs in MENA and the Little Rock area. Hickey and Hole Law Partners specializing in divorce, custody cases, civil litigations, and more. Having over seven decades of combined experience to better serve you and the community you live in. Please visit KevinHickeyLaw.com or call us at 479-434-2414 for a consultation or come by an office nearest you. Things are about to get better. 
The voice of the Razorbacks, Chuck Barrett, joining us here just a few hours before the team heads out to Como for tomorrow night's game. Uh, Chuck, first of all, um, I think we mentioned it on the air yesterday. I know this this must have been a little different for you on the uh, Muscleman radio show yesterday. Zim and Muss saying happy birthday to Chuck. Yesterday was his birthday. And I did not have Matt Zimmerman and Eric Musselman singing on my 2024 uh, bingo card, at least not live on the radio. Well, I was uh, surprised that the uh, audience did that, and uh, I did not expect that, although I knew some people were threatening to try to make it happen. I think Muss was kind of like I was growing up in church. You know, they'd sing the hymns, and I'd move my mouth like I was singing, but I wasn't really singing. You know, I think anyone who's raised in church had probably done that because I didn't sing very well. And uh, but sometimes I'd mouth the words, and you sometimes see an old guy down the pew, and he's mouthing the words, but you know he's not singing. I think maybe that's what Muss was doing. All right. Well, ha- well, happy belated birthday, Chuck. Well, thank you, Matt. I appreciate. That. I won't sing to you. I don't want to put you through I that. I don't or, want either one of you guys to sing. To put through that. I, I've heard you sing. Uh, Ooh, and, uh, and I'm sorry. Uh, Every time I, I do it, I, yeah, it's my fault. You know, there if was the a, audience could hear you guys singing to these songs. When we come in out of a during, break during the commercials, you they would, might not all would be yeah, revealed. All true. would be revealed right there. We'll get them to sing the anthem at an Arkansas football game at some point. Only if we'll it's Jimi Hendrix style. You got to do it with the guitar only. That's that's the only way. Play yeah. it with your teeth like Jimmy. That's did. right. Put it on. Set it on fire. Matt, you got pipes, man. You really do. You got radio pipes. I don't know if you got singing pipes. No, you're the only singer in this crew, Phil. No, I've heard you harmonize. Really. Yeah, I didn't really much of one. You know, there was a point too where my birthday happened um, on the Super Bowl. My second birthday. I still. It's weird the things you remember. Steelers, Cowboys, Super Bowl. That was my second birthday, January 14th. Chuck's, you know, you remember. Well, late happy birthday, Phil. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, the, the Super Bowl was a month earlier back then. That's think right. about that. That's, that's crazy when you think about it. They know how to extend a season, right? And now we've got to be really excited about these Pro Bowl games, huh? Nah, maybe not. I'm, I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl, though. And I, I, could, I could not care less about any of the stuff going off the field because I think it's a great matchup on the field. You know, you were talking about the Pro Bowl. Let me ask you guys. I was talking about this on the morning rush the other day. Tommy and Ty, they're too young to remember. When I was a little kid, the college all-stars would play the Super Bowl champion in an exhibition game over the summer. And there was money on the table. I mean, small amounts, if I remember right. But I believe there was money on the table. And uh, because the players... um, I think most of them, if, if not all of them, were done with their eligibility. I may be wrong about the money part, but I do know that they used to play a game, and I think they discontinued it early in the 70s, maybe 50 years ago. Do either one of you guys remember that? Now, I was not alive for it, but I've researched this a bit. I, I've read about this. It was connected to, I don't know if it was Shriners, but it was connected to a charity. Okay. I think it was, think it was played at Soldier Field every year. All right. And, and I think the last one to play was... I think it was the second Steelers Super Bowl winning yes. team that was the last to play in this college all-star game. That's wild to think about. College all-stars versus Jack Lambert and Terry Bradshaw and all that. It's just wild to think about. Well, I mean, it was an exhibition game, so I'm sure they played a lot of rookies. Yeah. You know, they. Uh, I doubt that uh, Bradshaw played three or four quarters. Um, but that was if, you know, and hey, your you know, your memory plays tricks on you after a while. But in my mind, I'm thinking Chuck Dykus played in that game. 
Uh, I may be mistaken, but I believe we had a player or two, maybe Danny Rhodes. Might, it it might have ended around Danny Rhodes. It, it, it seemed like it was discontinued maybe early 70s. But um, I believe we had some players play in that. Somebody older than me would have to, uh, and that's pretty old, somebody older than me would have to enlighten us. Chuck, these two games over the last weekend were, were, were pretty fun. I, I don't know how you consumed them, but, but I do want to get your thoughts on which t- fan base is hurting more right now. Oh. Is, is it the Ravens being the number one seed, holding the Chiefs to 17 total points, or is it the Lions having a 17-point lead at halftime in both of those? Both of those if you would have told me the Ravens hold the Chiefs to 17 points, I'd have said they're winning the game and going to the Super Bowl. I think the Ravens fans are probably more disappointed because they started the season expecting to go to the Super Bowl. I don't know that the average Lions fan at the start of the season said, well, we're going to the NFC Championship. They did at halftime, though, huh? Right. Uh, Yes, absolutely they did. But I I, I think the overall disappointment for Baltimore fans is probably greater. Detroit's going to be able to, regardless of what happens, they're going to be able to look back on this season with a lot of pride. Now, I'll bet, Every debate over the 4th of July as they start talking about the new football season still going to center around Dan Campbell going for it, not kicking that field goal. But, um, hey, football's alive and well in Detroit, and they're not going away. Uh, They had a great year. You never know if you're going to get back. But uh, they certainly had a year to remember. To me, Campbell felt like a coach that was just too stuck to the script. And it's not even a script because a script would have certain situations that you kick a field goal when you're up by two scores in the third quarter. At least that's the way I view it. If you're inside the five-yard line, maybe inside the 10-yard line, and you're that close to scoring a touchdown on fourth down, I can see going for it. In that case, not, not so much. I think he's a great coach. But th- th- this, is a, this is like a lesson for, for any coach Analytics are always going to be a part of the sport. You can be married to the analytics, but you got to leave yourself a crack for uh, the situation and have well, a here's, for it. Here's the thing about analytics. All right, let's say you've got a play that 80% of the time works. All right? Well, that means 20% of the time it doesn't. I would be willing to bet if you delved a little bit further into the numbers, the 20% of the time it does not work is against really good teams. And you're playing a really good team. So if it's not going to work, this is when it's not going to work. The 80% of the time it works, you're not in a conference championship game. It's a different deal. Now, I feel kind of silly talking about this with an NFL guy in the conversation and Matt Jones. He may have a totally different view. But as a fan, I looked at that, and I didn't have any real rooting interest. I was pulling for Detroit because, you know, they're the, you know, they're the new thing, and you guys know I like to go with a new thing. But um, I was pulling for them, but I just don't know how you don't kick a field goal there. Yeah, Chuck, I'm with you because it's not universal, and my analytics tell me if I have 30 points, it gives me a better chance to win than if I, if, than if I have 27. Yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a pretty good analytical breakdown there, Matt. I have a tough time going against Patrick. He's right. I have a tough time. And I had a tough time going against Mahomes in Buffalo. Same with the Ravens. When we would talk about these games leading up to each of them, I would say, I'm sorry. This is the way I felt about Tom Brady. Once I see evidence that, 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 that somebody can win in the postseason on a consistent basis, to me it doesn't matter if it's home or road. Here's the crazy thing about it, too. If I'm, like, betting on Mahomes, the thing you really got to bet on here 
is the Chiefs' defense. That's what's gotten them here. That's what's that like that and Travis Kelsey catching everything that's coming his way. Eleven for eleven. It's right. The, yeah. It's their defense, Chuck. I mean, it's like we talk oh, about yeah. Mahomes, but their defense is winning them games. They're playing great football right now. They played the way they played Sunday, the way the Ravens have been playing all year long, uh, and they just did it a little bit better. Mahomes is, um, I mean, he's right there with Montana. Um, he's right there with Brady. He was the difference this past Sunday. Um, you know, we all draw quick conclusions after games, and I'm as guilty as anyone on that. But my my immediate takeaway was Mahomes is a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. Jackson's more spectacular. He can do things other quarterbacks can't do. Um, but Mahomes is a better quarterback. You know, he, he plays that position, particularly in the critical moments. That last pick that Lamar threw, I mean, you know, any quarterback in the NFL can throw that pick. You don't have to pay him up $10 million a year to get that ball picked off. I mean, that was basic stuff right there. And, um, you know, Mahomes, you can go broke betting against that guy. I mean, you can just go broke betting against him. And um, he's um, he just finds a way to win the game, and I'll give him credit for that. He's uh, He just finds a way to beat you. And he and Kelsey right now are as – and this year's word is connected. Simpatico, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, they are – they're right on the same page right now. It was – yeah, it was funny that they – I couldn't believe the Ravens just played zone and let, let Kelsey find the zone. Oh. I, I know that one back shoulder was on man, uh, but they did. I, you can't beat the Chiefs playing, playing zone defense. No, not right now, certainly. And um, Kelsey's a problem now. The, I, you know, he's a problem out there on the field. The matchup, Chuck, I'm looking forward to is Greenlaw. Uh, you got the two linebackers at San Fran, how they match up with, with, this, with, with, with Kelsey. How are they chipping with both? You know, how, how are you get, get messing him up on his release? Because clearly that's how that's, their, their offense still runs through Kelsey. Oh, no doubt. I mean, and if it's third down and they've got to make a play at any point in the ball game where the Chiefs have to make a play, you better account for Kelsey because he's 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 going to be involved in it, generally speaking. Now, there will be scoring plays and spectacular plays to other guys, but when it's a play they have to have, he's the one. And can you defend him in those situations? Uh, I don't suspect they'll be able to a lot. they got to stay out of those situations because I can't see them stopping Kansas City on – you know, I, I just I just can't see him shutting down Kelsey completely. I, that that combination right now, Mahomes to Kelsey, I can't see them shutting that down completely right now. They've just got to try to minimize it. Hey, Chuck, I pulled down my copy of the Encyclopedia Britannica off the wall. It tells me that the uh, college All-Stars won nine of those college uh, college uh, All-Star games against the Super Bowl. Well, it wasn't just the Super Bowl champion. It was the yeah. NFL champion for all those years. Right. NFL champions were 39 and two, the first ever of these college all-star games, 1934, all-stars, zero, bears, zero. Must have been wow. all sorts of fun. Yeah, sounds like it was pouring down rain and nobody cared. Does it say what year it ended? The last one was 1976, Pittsburgh 24, okay. college all-stars, nothing. Okay, 76. Well, almost 50 years. I knew they played that. Mm -hmm. But that's just crazy to think that that actually happened. Chuck, appreciate you, man. All right, guys. We'll be Thank listening you. tomorrow. Thank All you, right. Chuck. You bet. That is the voice of the Razorbacks, Chuck Barrett, with us here on Halftime. Every Tuesday, we will have Alyssa Orange, 1215.
Bill King at 115. Some good stuff today from, from Chuck, man. That was fun. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dave and his team have all your holiday drink options. That includes Fireball and Bailey's Chocolate, Jack Daniels Crown Salted Caramel, Winter Seasonal Beers, Eggnogs, and more. Come by Eastside Liquor, 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Got, got a chance to talk with Alyssa Orange from Pig Trail Nation. Always appreciate her time on a Tuesday. Alyssa, back from New York City. How's it going? Uh, I'm, it's good. It's good to be back. Good to be home. Uh, saw the sunshine for the first time. What was that? Sunday, which was nice. <laughs> it is out. It is actually out there. Thank goodness, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super Bowl. Let's start with the Super Bowl here. Uh, sure. I see a tweet here from Shanna Trout that says mm-hmm. that uh, Fayetteville High School is the only school with more than one player in this year's Super Bowl. Of course, you got Dre and Brandon Allen on the yeah. uh, San Francisco 49ers. That is, that's kind of amazing when you think about that, that, that Fayetteville High is. School stands out amongst every other high school in the country for Super Bowl Sunday. That's right, and, and, and it's really cool. Uh, definitely some bragging rights for those guys, and they happen to be on the same team. So if the 49ers win, then Dre and Brandon uh, will get some Super Bowl rings and, and, and excited for those guys because they're guys that, you know, I didn't cover Brandon in high school, but I covered Dre in high school a little bit when he was playing, being recruited, and then obviously um, at Arkansas. And, and so, you know, Dre, this is his second Super Bowl. But, like, how about Brandon Allen as a backup QB? I believe this is his third Super Bowl with his third different team. He went with the Bengals and the Rams before. And so it's pretty cool for him as well. And I'm excited. I'm excited for the 49ers. I'll be cheering for them in a couple weeks. Yeah, uh, Alyssa, that Detroit 49ers game, what, what were your thoughts when that game finished? Did you feel like Detroit kind of lost it and let it slip away, or did you feel feel like the 49ers just went and took it and, and went and won the game? Yeah, I really feel like the Lions kind of let it slip away from them. Um, that's that's that, you know, you go back and you want to, you know, keep the foot on the, on the gas kind of thing, and it just didn't seem like they were able to do that. And then the 49ers, we know they're talented, so if you give them an inch, they're going to take it. So really disappointed um, in the way that it ended because I was. I really liked it. Campbell, I had gotten on the Lions train. Obviously, Frank Ragnow, Dan Skipper, uh, Jerry Jacobs over there as well. Uh, Would have been cool to have three former Razorbacks in the Super Bowl. We got two, but that's okay. But, man, I was really hoping for the Lions. I felt like they kind of blew it a little bit. Are you the type of fan that roots against the team that vanquishes yours? So are you upset that the Chiefs are in being a Dolphins fan? No, I, I'm not one of those. Uh, I'm kind of the opposite where it's like, well, if they beat them, I'd much rather see them go win it all. I'm just not going to root for the Chiefs. I, I like the 49ers in this one. But I did that. I do that with the Dodgers a lot. Like when uh, Washington beat them a couple of years ago, they went on to win it all. So I was kind of like, okay. Um, but – 
you know, I, I kind of like a Cinderella story too. So. Well, we might have a Cinderella story with the people are like convinced that there's going to be some sort of an on-field um, marriage proposal uh, if the Chiefs win. Just do it at <laughs> halftime instead of having Usher fairy- perform. Yeah, they could just go out yeah. there. And- a fairy tale, Taylor Swift fairy tale song on cue. Oh, man. Well, we need more fairy tales in our lives here, don't we? We, 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 <laughs> do. we really do. Uh, hey, yeah, rather, like rather- with the basketball team. Well, yeah, I was going to get into the basketball team, and I want to hit on the women's team here first, okay? Because so you get a men's team that's really struggling. Injuries Mm -hmm. are a little bit of a reason why, maybe not the whole reason why. Sir, I don't think it is the whole reason why. The women's team, they're dealing with so many different injuries, players that that left the program because of, uh, you know, Jersey leaves before the season starts out of nowhere. Sasha leaves about three weeks in because the stomach ailment returned and she just can't play. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you lose Talia Scott for five games. Sailor Poffenbarger is practically playing on one leg. But they're four and three on the conference, Alyssa. I mean, it's yeah. – uh, look, I'm not, I'm not saying that the men's team has to take something from the women's team. But this – Mike Neighbors, this is a tough group. And truthfully, yeah. I think this is the toughest group Mike's ever had at Arkansas. Yeah. I think so. Now, I do think, though, that the men's team would love to take Sailor Poffenbarger for a game or two, to be quite honest with you. Hitting threes the way that she did. But I think you're right. I think this team kind of just goes back to the resiliency we've seen from them from day one. I think it speaks volumes with Michaela Daniels. I think it really starts with her up top and then trickles down to Samara and Sailor. And we always forget that, you know, Sailor is classified as a sophomore, right? But she's so much older than just your typical sophomore. She's so much mature than your typical sophomore. And the way that they play together and finding a way, I mean, I know that it can feel like lip service sometimes when the season begins and they're just like, we're a really close-knit group. We're a really close-knit group. I think our chemistry is something we've never had before. But they're actually showing that on the court by the way that they're playing for each other and that next man up. Um, you know, Carly Keats gets hit in the face and Carly Johnson comes in and plays really, really well. It's just little things like that, that I think speak volumes for where this women's team is. And, you know, while they're able to win some of these games that last year they weren't. So it's good to see. Hey, Alyssa, with, with this men's team, uh, I was really impressed with Mitchell and, and, and how he responded. Uh, you know, it just has to be an emotional roller coaster for these guys. Um, but but I do like the fact of battle. Uh, I saw battle make some plays on the defensive end. I think having battle and Mark, if they can figure out how to play coexist out there, it could kind of be pick your poison where one of those guys could kind of catch the hot hand. How do you see this team looking going forward? Well, I, I would hope, like you said, maybe some more consistency, and, and that's the biggest thing we talked about on the broadcast. But it's been the biggest takeaway that we've watched is these are guys who still kind of are really unsure what their role is going to be from game to game. You play 30 minutes one game and you might play two the next. And that inconsistency just doesn't feel like the right way to develop any kind of chemistry on the court with guys. Uh, And so you would hope that maybe at some point it's, okay, we're really going to stick with these five guys, these six guys, initially and see what happens and see if we can build some kind of flow with each other on the court. And, um, you know, these are guys who are fighting for playing time, but that's what I want to see because then I think we're really going to be able to see how 
Caliph Battle and Tremont Mark and Makai Mitchell. And I think you can throw, you know, uh, Jalen Graham, who we, we love Jalen Graham on this show, right? So I want to see more Jalen Graham. But see how they actually really play together over a long period of time. They said a stat the other day on the broadcast that he has had, I think, 15 different starting lineups. And I know we're trying to figure stuff out, and you just got to see what works and, like, throw everything on the wall and see what sticks. But we're getting to a point in the season where now we've got to see some consistency to see if that can build any kind of chemistry on the court. Well, yeah, this is the time. You're supposed to have your stuff together by now so that you can make yeah. a run in February. I mean, that's, that's what college basketball is about. Start playing your best basketball when you get into February, keep it at a high level, and hopefully you keep that momentum moving into March. And I don't see any of that right now from the men's team. I'm starting to see it from the women's team, Alyssa. Like, I, mm-hmm. I really start to believe that you see what a team is or what they want to be as long as they're, you know, moving in the right direction by the last week of January. I've seen that for a long time. The women's team is rounding in a form. They're going to get better because they're getting healthy. Mm-hmm. They will get healthier. The men's team, I, I don't know where it stops. I don't know. And, and, and that's the thing where, you know, you look at what Muscleman's been able to do and, and that, you know, you couldn't have hit the panic button a few weeks ago, maybe even two games ago. But now you really have to dig deep and say, what exactly are we going to get with this team? Because, you're, you're, like you said, you're wasting time. You're losing time. If you haven't figured it out by now, you might not figure it out until it's too late, and you might be playing incredible by the time the SEC tournament rolls around. But unless you win that tournament, you're not going to the tournament, the NCAA tournament. So there's almost that, like, too little, too late kind of thing that the men have to look at themselves and figure out. Like, we, we can figure this out, but it might be too late if we don't do it hurry. Do it and do it in a hurry. Hey, Alyssa, is, what, what's the latest with Brazil? Did, you know, is, is it going to be a thing where coach – you know, I've been around coaches where if you don't go through a practice, you're not going to play. Sometimes you can be limited, but they, you got to practice before you get back on, onto the court. What is the latest? Is he going to be available? Because isn't his hometown Missouri? Didn't he, wasn't he the, uh, up there? You would think that it could be kind of one of those kind of yeah. games where he could break out again, get some confidence I, going. I do know that that game is always one that he has circled on his calendar. And he's from Springfield, Missouri, spent his freshman year at Missouri. And remember last year, he didn't play against the Tigers in both meetings because of the uh, the knee injury that he had during the non-conference. So if there's anyone who is more determined to play in this game, it's Trevor in Brazil. Because he's wanted to play in this game now for three times, and this hopefully third time is a charm, and we're going to be able to see him on the court. So if I'm Trevor in Brazil, I'm doing everything I can to be out there, and maybe that is limited in practice. You know, they really haven't said one way or the other exactly what Brazil is going to be able to do, but uh, I can guarantee you if he's asked and he's able, he's going to play. Last thing, um, we got a remake of Roadhouse coming up. We did like three segments on this yesterday. Have you seen the original Roadhouse? And if the answer is no, why not? And when are you watching Swayze and Roadhouse? Oh, no. So the answer is no. <laughs> you got to see it. Pain don't I know. Okay. Okay. I will. I'm going to add it to our list of things that we're watching. I mean, we're really into True Detective and that new season came out. And then there's all these, all the new seasons connected to the first season, which uh, my husband saw says is the best season ever. I'm pretty sure my brother-in-law's watched it four times. So now we're rewatching that. So 
It's on the list. I'll put it on the list. All right. Sounds good. Sounds like the standard okay. DJ answer. I'll see what I can do. She won't watch it. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> thanks, Alyssa. Thanks, Alyssa. Yeah, guys. Thanks. Have a good one. Talk to you next week. There's 24 hours in the day. I mean, what, what else are you doing during the day? It's not like you're a parent. You know, it's not like you're a professional or anything. You just sit around the house watching TV and you don't even need to sleep. You had McConaughey and Woody in that first season of True Detective, so you can't go wrong there. I mean, that was that was some fine craftsmanship. That was some good work. Woody was a little bit out there in that first season. Well, they, he's always out there. They, they they change him. Yeah, each each season they had two new true detectives, but that one was uh, McConaughey. I mean, he just he just crushed it that entire entire. I got series. my sec- my second episode of the Hateful Eight from the extended version in last night. It's really good. It's also really cold and snowy in Wyoming. I don't know if that's the case. It's gonna now, take two. It, Shut the door. It's gonna take two. One won't hold it. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Time to talk with Bill King, Nashville Sports Radio. We get a chance to talk with him every Tuesday here on Halftime where we're working on getting Bill, so we'll get him in a moment. Does, does he watch the Super Bowl, you think? Well, as a, as a sports a, fan, though? Remember, we've, we've, we've talked with I Bill feel about like the I NFL did. before. He is not an NFL guy, but yeah. I don't know how you don't watch the Super Bowl on Super Bowl. At least Sunday. have it on, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like have it on in the background feels like a weird thing. Everything else is clear. I don't know of any other sporting event. The women's basketball, there might be one women's basketball game that's still being played at the time the Super Bowl kicks off. But that's it. And I'm going to guarantee you Bill's not watching that. I think you you got to at least have the game on, right? And for him, this is another thing to wonder about, too. Because Bill has talked, we've talked with him about this on this show. He's talked about it on his show on WNSR 6 to 9, Monday through Friday, that sports betting, which is legalized in Tennessee as well, has, <clears throat> has become one of the ways that he also enjoys college football. I wonder if that might help, you know, enjoy the Super Bowl a little bit. Bill, how are you doing today? Good to have you on, as always. Hey, guys. Uh, I guess we'll have you next week, so we'll ask about the Super Bowl then. But I want to I get um, – I want I haven't learned about Sharon Moore very much, the new head coach for Michigan. Uh, of course, he was an interim head coach for them for three or four games this year, and it was the, the going theory that if and when Harbaugh took a job in the NFL – 
that Michigan would just promote from within from Sharon Moore. It's his first head coaching job. Tell me about him. Every coach has a common denominator position. Nick Saban, DBs, Sam Pittman, offensive line, Sharon Moore, offensive line. That's where he comes from. Played at Oklahoma, played played big-time ball at Oklahoma, and uh, has been on the staff. And as we saw, got to be the coach during the Harbaugh suspensions and certainly held firm there, did a good job. Now, that is not the same as you being the head coach permanently and every day it's your gig. But he passed. He passed the test, if indeed that was the test. Do you think they, they considered anybody else, or, or was this – you know, from the start, we know who our guy is going to be. The players the, in the locker room loves him. He did well as an interim. Uh, do you do you think they looked at anyone else? Well, you know how we can take words and spin them, but not seriously. Not to the point of, do we bring this guy in as our coach? I don't think they did. I think they've had this plan since very early in the year, and they stuck with it. And... I'm sure they anticipated Harbaugh moving on, regardless of the outcome of the season. No, I think this was in place. Hey, Bill, I, I know a lot of people in the SEC, everybody kind of, this transfer portal Ole Miss is, is pretty much one. What other teams in the SEC, who else has done really well in the transfer portal? I think, and not that it would reflect in portal rankings, but Georgia picked up a feature running back in the ATN kid and some good receivers probably could use another difference maker wide receiver, but I think they've done well in it. Um, Tennessee picked up, they needed one offensive tackle, a right or left tackle. They got Lance Hurd, who is arguably the top offensive line transfer portal player from, from LSU. And who am, Oh, Kentucky really had a big year. Missouri, also had a big year. I'm, I'm leaving some out, but those are some names that maybe you wouldn't think I'd be calling out. They really did well. I want to ask you about, you know, so every once in a while, Kentucky has one of these 10-win seasons. I think there's been two, maybe three under, under Stoops. But then, you know, they've right. never been able to keep it at that level. You know, I guess at, at Kentucky, and it's the truth, and, and it might be the same at Arkansas. Like, you get a 10-win season every six or seven years, People are going to be really fired up about that 10-win season. The trick is keeping it there. Can Missouri stay at that level, or is this last season kind of one-off in your mind? Brady Cook's back and Luther Burden's back. Those are two big weapons, but history you just laid out pretty succinctly says probably not. 10-10 wins again, probably not. I mean, a lot of things would have to happen for them to get to that peak again. So if you ask me to bet it, I would absolutely bet on 10. But has he stabilized the program that was very shaky prior? It looks like perhaps he has. I know we're not going to have divisions next year, but is when you look at when you look at Auburn and Hugh Freeze in year two, how, how big of a jump do you see them making this year? And just hired DJ Durkin, who's been, I think, everywhere in the league. On the staff, but uh, yeah, just out him to be defensive coordinator. I think they make a jump offensively. I think they'll be better defensively as well. They've got a maybe, arguably in volume, the best receiver class coming in from the high school ranks. Now, how quick those guys play remains to be seen. But a fantastic group coming in. 
at the receiver core. They're deep at quarterback, so they can battle that out. We don't know if one of them is an exceptional quarterback, but they can battle that one out, continue to do that in the spring. I think they take a little bit of a notch up. I don't know who they replace, because if you look at the top of the league, it's Georgia, it's Texas, it's Alabama, it's Ole Miss, it's some combination of LSU, Tennessee, I don't, I don't know if they belong in the top eight yet since we're playing 16 now. Who, who, who is Auburn looking at a quarterback? You mentioned there's a couple of guys. I know Robbie Ashford transferred to South Carolina. Um, and I don't, I, I'm not, I don't think Ashford's really all that much of a quarterback. But if you're expecting a, a, an uptick in quarterback play, who's there for, for Freeze to work with? They've been hot and cold with a Michigan State kid that they played this last year. And there Thorne, were moments okay. where it sounded like, they've given up on him and then there are moments where they liked him and they want him and they want to keep him and they want to build with him. I've heard mixed messaging there. I think he's the incumbent, but they do have some depth. I do believe to come in and and battle with him this spring. Ashford is one of those guys that I think is a phenomenal athlete. You just got to get him pegged somewhere. His hands up. You guys saw it, man. His hands on the ball. He is wicked. You just got to, you got to get him in the right spot and, He's definitely not going to be the quarterback at South Carolina. So can you make him be some sort of wingback or playmaker? That's what you need to do. How has Alabama done uh, since they got this this coach from Washington? How many of the Washington kids have come come over with them uh, to, to Alabama? And how, has he started to kind of fill some of those holes, fill some of those needs uh, with some of the guys that left? Big, yeah, big young 6'6 quarterback a couple of weeks ago transferred to Alabama. He's got, he's got long end potential and I think is a threat. And we know Julian Sands already bailed on him, and he's at Ohio State. And they have Dylan Lonergan, who's probably the young incumbent on the team. If, it, if it's not Milrow, and that's going to be decided here, guys, in a couple of months, I would think. But, yes, they've got a couple coming in from UW, and they're the number two. They, they've held on to the number two overall ranking in recruiting as well. And uh, it's a very good – it might be the best DB class. If you're just isolating classes or, or positions, it might be the best DB class that they have coming in. And it might be, guys, it might be a little choppy this year. But I, I still think it's a pretty good hire. The problem is are the expectations we're just going to carry on, and that's not possible. You can't do that. Uh, so how excited are you for National Signing Day coming up in seven days, which I guess it's eight days because it ain't the thing it used to be. And I know you used to build. I mean, I feel like your show was kind of built around two things previously. Yep. was the playing portion of the season and signing day. And, and now signing day comes kind of, you know, two weeks after the playing portion of the season ends and bowl season begins. So um, I know there's still some players out there that haven't made their decisions, but... You ever see a time where we might go back to just having the February signing day? It's like, and I've never been to a garden party, but a skunk shows up. Kind of ruins everything. It's just, it's unnecessary. Now, there needs to be a provision, I do agree, where if you do know and you want to get it out of the way early and you want to get, you know, your name in dry ink, go ahead. Now, again, we all know that doesn't matter as much because you got a freebie and they're, they're giving you multiple freebies, basically. So that, that really doesn't matter anymore. But technically, you could get that national letter out of the way early. You could pick a late summer or let's say before camp starts in, in August, you could pick a date. 
and then make it one uniform period later to, to take into account coaches moving and transfer portal and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a giant mess. Guys, I would say, like we've talked about, they're going to make it to where the schools are, are going to be giving out the money. That might even happen by the time we get to football season. And they've got to do something with December. December is a giant cluster, please. And it's not pleasant for anybody. You're battling all kinds of demons that, that whole month. And if you've got a good team, you're on the field trying to take care of that. It's a giant mess. Yeah, if you're a lot talk, of cleaning up to do. Well, if, if you talk, and we've talked about this idea of the paying the players and everything, when does this decision get made? Like, obviously, this comes from the NCAA to allow it to happen. Then you figure out a system that it all works out. But it, w- it would seem to me that this, this, sort of, this sort of major change in college football would have to happen well before the start of the season if you're going to actually put this into practice. So when, are, when, when would you see this decision potentially being made or started to be talked about openly? The NCAA head, Charlie Baker, and the P5, P4 muscle people met Thursday. But the muscle people are really Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti. And they're slow playing this because they want even more power. And they have the power to gain more power. And that's what could slow this up. Hmm. They're guys on the table, and they've never wanted to leave the NCAA. But on the table is breaking free. I don't know if it's 30% possible. I wouldn't label it 50 today. But you could see a situation where they've broken free. I don't think I would bet that way right now, but you could see it. It's very realistic. And right now they're trying to grapple with the power. You also have guys, and I don't think this will be in place by the time of the season, the new playoff contract mm. is being negotiated. And that's going to be, instead of $700 million and just ESPN, it's going to be billions and maybe multiple networks. They're probably going to ask for a bigger piece of pie than the others for that. Guys, like I said, man, there is a ton, way more than we just talked about to hammer out here, and there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings. This is starting to sound like you used the word power twice there. Power to get power. Yep. And you, the, the leagues Correct. are very well aware of, of, of who the, uh, the 800-pound gorillas are, and obviously it's the Big Ten and the SEC. Now they have their numbers. Moving forward, you know, and and we know where the blue bloods are located. So this is the first time that I've actually heard uh, people bring this whole idea up of the power two. Because let's be honest, you got a power two, then you got another two after them, and then you got the group of five. This is the first time that I've heard about the power two really trying to consolidate that power bill. And the power, the two, the two big superpowers are on the beach, and they're going to kick sand in everybody else's face. Hmm. Wonder how that's going to taste. Bill, appreciate you, man. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Thanks, Bill. He is the king of college football talk. We'll have him every Tuesday. I had to double check that this is a Tuesday. See, it's not just Charlie that forgets what day it is. It's uh, it's happening to me as well. That is interesting, Matt, to think about this. We, we, I, I, I started to think about a year and a half ago that the 2024 college football season was ground zero for the brand new version of college football. And it turns out it may be changing even 
a lot more than I thought it was. If we're talking about paying players now directly from the school and potentially, what it sounds like here, two leagues maybe pulling away from the NCAA, we're talking about a whole other ball of yarn. 877-377-6963 to get on us on halftime. We'll be right back with a home stretch. Join ESPN Arkansas on halftime in supporting Arkansas Children's Northwest all month long. We will be raising money to help Arkansas Children's Northwest fulfill its promise of making children better today and healthier tomorrow. You can donate now through February 2nd online at hitthatline.com. Be sure to click on the halftime fundraising link brought to you by Heart to Heart Pregnancy and Family Care Center. Serving mothers and families with open hearts. 452-2260 or online at hearttoheartpfcc.org. Hello, this is Kevin Cowan at KC Insurance, and I just wanted to tell you all about plans that we have for Arkansans. It's through the Affordable Care Act, formerly known as Obamacare. Most Arkansans can qualify for a plan for $10 a month premium or below. We are located at 912 Highway 6265 North in Harrison, Arkansas, in the Ace Hardware Shopping Center. Give Ricky Cowan a call at 870-517-1207. Thank you. You're listening to Halftime Live from the Crabtree RV Center Studios. Crabtree RV Center, where RVing is life. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.